If everyone is building a tool on top of ChatGPT or perhaps on its APIs or similar models, how can we actually build a competitive moat as an AI startup? This is a key question to ask right now, and uh, I'll try to answer in a few key points. In my book, AI Business Models, I explain a little bit the theory around uh, which the AI ecosystem is actually developing around three key layers. Uh, first layer, which is the foundational layer, which is comprised of the main large language models and diffusion models that are becoming the de facto standard of the industry, as they can be plugged in and out of any application to actually build things on top of any kind of software application. Another layer is the middle layer. The middle layer see it as a sort of a way to actually build a vertical application that does many things and that we can call a sort of avatar. So uh, think of it as a, an AI accountant avatar, lawyer, uh, HR, or like perhaps a salesperson. And in this foundational layer, uh, these, of course, many players in this foundational layer will um, actually start by probably plugging existing foundational layer models like for instance uh, OpenAI APIs into their models, customize them based on the data, data that they have and then start to build uh, very vertical applications on top of it. The interesting part is over time if uh, you become a quite successful middle layer player it might make sense to also start building your foundational layer meaning that you may want to have your own lar large language model that has its own specificities to actually uh, become a uh, you know, competitive business on the market at all level. But initially, you just want to start from the foundational layer. And then our last layer uh, is the application layer, where you have all the other uh, very niche applications on the market that can be used for anything from, you know, let's say uh, photo, uh, photo apps to, to uh, applications that can be used to generate anything from resumes or like uh, sales copies or anything like that. So uh, applications like, for instance, Copy AI or Jasper, things like that. Now, uh, if you try to ask, if, if you uh, really ask, you know, how do we actually create a competitive mode as an AI startup? Let me answer in a few key points. I think first point is about remixing foundational models. So uh, as an AI startup, of course, you have the advantage that you don't have to use a single uh, foundational layer model. You can use uh, one of them, many of them, or actually remix them up to actually use the strength of one of the other. Because of course, the risk is if you use only one of them, then your whole startup is going to be uh, based um, on, uh, on top of a single foundational layer player. So for instance, if you're only using, let's say, OpenAI APIs, uh, in the short term, that's quite good because you can launch business quite quickly and uh, launch a tool quite quickly and uh, iterate on top of it. But over time, as the tool becomes successful and you get more and more users, then you want to start considering how to use uh, many of those foundational models so that you can remix them up. But therefore, your advantage in, uh, in having a model in. You want to use, for instance, one model for one thing, another model for another thing. For instance, you can use, let's say, OpenAI for the, for the language part and then the stable diffusion for the image part and so on and so forth. That's one idea. Another key point is about data modes. Of course, the internet will learn that uh, data uh, is quite important to build uh, essential network effects into our applications, but it's also 
important to highlight that not all the data is important. There is a certain kind of data that is extremely, extremely important. And in this AI revolution and current paradigm, the interesting part is that the kind of data that uh, got, um, you know, an, an, uh, sort of uh, in, in a place where it was not before is unstructured data, meaning that today with the current AI, we can leverage on uh, unstructured data to, to train our AI compared to before. However, and this is a key point to emphasize, the real advantage is if you're able to plug proprietary structured data into the unstructured ability of the eye to make sense of it, to create powerful applications. To say, if you have user interactions that are extremely valuable for your business and you can plug them into a machine learning model, then that's how you can build sorts of data modes that will help you actually build a competitive edge. For that reason, it's important to ask a few critical questions. First of all, in terms of data integration, understand what kind of data is important or relevant for the AI to become much, much better at what it does. So imagine the case of, uh, again, a large language model uh, purely as a, a ChatGPT or OpenAI that can answer to uh, any question for the user. But imagine if that uh, large language model is actually integrated with the data that we have on a specific topic to make it very, very well uh, uh, suited for that specific topic. So for instance, you want to create an AI lawyer, you cannot rely on uh, on ChatGPT alone because it's going to make a lot of mistakes, it's not going to be reliable. In uh, many cases, it's going to make mistakes which are too costly. Instead, the thing that you want to do is to actually make sure you understand what kind of data you can integrate into OpenAI to uh, actually uh, build it in a way that uh, becomes way more valuable. Another key aspect is about data curation. So uh, understand really uh, what um, what are the, the way you can clean the data to actually make it relevant for the eye. In this case, you want to use uh, first party uh, proprietary data and understand that you can integrate that into the AI. And um, another uh, key uh, important element is about fine tuning. So fine tuning can be uh, very powerful to actually uh, make um, you know existing general models uh, better suited for specific tasks. And a key last element is about creating some sort of middle layer engines that you can build on top of the foundational layer, so that you you can make the foundational layer way more uh, valuable. For instance, if you want to build, let's say, a tool that uh, again is, a, is an AI lawyer or an AI accountant, the first thing that you want to do, you want to build, for instance, a middle layer uh, AI engine that not only is going to make the, uh, the foundational layer more capable of understanding a specific discipline and a specific regulation, for instance, but on the other side, you also want to have another layer on top of it, which is able to check for the information that is doing. Just as, as an example, even when uh, Microsoft has integrated uh, OpenAI, so ChatGPT into Bing, it isn't uh, uh, actually doing it in a way where it takes uh, ChatGPT API and just push them in uh, into Bing. That would be too risky and that would be not suited for search. Instead, what uh, Microsoft has done is to build an engine which is called Prometheus, which is an additional layer, so an additional sort of engine that uh, uh, interacts with uh, on the one side with OpenAI and then on the other side with search to actually uh, make sure that uh, the AI that it's using at foundational layer is not um, uh, unconstrained, so it's not open-ended, uh, you know, purely open-ended, as it would be ChatGPT, to, you know, prevent a risk of uh, having uh, it uh, jailbreaking, as it has happened a few days after uh, 
Bing AI was released because of course those were the first iterations but right now it's already much much harder to jailbreak it uh, jailbreak the AI and then on the other side uh, you know Prometheus uh, by Microsoft is uh, uh, using an additional layer where it grounds the model it means that it's going to be using a search and it's going to be using information available in the index of uh, Bing to actually make it more relevant and grounded and, and therefore more relevant for search so that's an example of how you can become a middle layer player, just like in the case of Bing AI, where again, it's using the foundational model of OpenAI, but then on the other side is adding an additional layer on top of it to make it reliable for, for, for search, because otherwise um, an open-ended chat like ChatGPT is not going to be very reliable for search. Another key element of uh, our, uh, you know, data, uh, you know, uh, AI modes is about uh, prompt engineering, which again, so far in this paradigm is a key element to actually build valuable applications. The interesting part of this current AI paradigm to uh, actually constrain the AI and make it more relevant is just to ask it to, to do uh, and to behave in a way that is more relevant for the user, meaning that when you have something like ChatGPT, which is open-ended, the interesting part is that it can move in many directions. When you build an application by using OpenAI APIs or any other API that is available at foundational layer level, uh, you can actually just prompt it in the backend to tell it to actually be concise or like for instance to be uh, more restricted or to give answer when there is a context around those answers and this context for instance can be the fine-tuning process that uh, you've done yourself so you can do a set of actions through prompt engineering which simply means that you can ask the machine and the model to actually behave in a certain way based on the information that you gave it that is going to restrain it a bit and constrain it a little bit but it's going to make it also more relevant and uh, more reliable for the application that you're trying to build and that's quite interesting another element is of course about network effects uh, of course uh, in technology usually we tend to look at the product and think that uh, it's all there is but in reality there are many other things and especially network effects is more about the way uh, the, we intersect the product technology and distribution to actually enable uh, the, those, three thing, those three things to actually uh, work uh, end in end take the case of uh, application like Netflix, Uber, Airbnb, LinkedIn, YouTube or TikTok how those have built uh, network effects over the years meaning that those platforms become Become better and better the more users join in thanks to the fact that uh, you know for instance if you take the case of uber the more drivers join into the platform the more the wait times go down and therefore after a certain threshold where you have a lower wait times it becomes the platform way more valuable to users and you can use uh, those uh, uh, network effects to actually uh, make sure that network grows uh, quite quickly Another key element of those uh, AI modes is the workflow. So uh, again, here it's quite interesting because um, companies can actually decide the way they want to integrate the AI into their business and also the specificity of this AI, meaning that uh, the way you integrate the AI into your business can be quite unique. For instance, let's say that you are a company that is, that is trying to build uh, you know, an AI avatar for sales. Uh, if you have uh, specific data about uh, the, the sales pipeline, you can integrate that into the, the AI model and then add on top of it uh, a, a human in the loop layer where, for instance, salespeople will give a feedback and continuous feedback to the AI and then on the other side also the customer can give a feedback on top of the AI. So this unique workflow that you're building and the way you decide where the AI fits into the model is going to be quite unique for your company and this can create over time uh, data modes. Another key element is about brand and distribution, of course, uh, as uh, you know, over time technology gets commoditized and as you can imagine, if uh, the AI paradigm is, uh, uh, is going to end up 
becoming the kind of paradigm that uh, we hope so we hope for meaning that is going to really amplify the whole software industry then uh, this technology is going to be so infused into any application and software application in a few years that any company uh, is going to be a sort of AI company and if there is the case it means that this technology is going to be quickly commoditized probably in a few years and if that happens then what is going to matter is really brand and distribution meaning that um, First of all, if uh, people uh, do know uh, what you do and why you do it and you're able to actually uh, control your own narrative to, to uh, toward customers and therefore drive differentiation. And then on the other side, of course, distribution, meaning that you have own channels, uh, owned channels that you have built over the years that will help you actually differentiate your product and also charge uh, higher prices compared uh, prices compared to uh, competition and therefore also uh, invest more into the development of products and continuous uh, development of the product that make it better and better another key element the last one of course is about capital deployment uh, in this AI race of course uh, in the first stage um, the, the capital deployed is going to be quite important because what is going to happen is that uh, to compete not just at foundational layer level but also a middle layer level uh, a huge amount of capital resources might be needed to actually get to a certain stage of traction and that's why we'll see funding skyrocket uh, most probably in the industry between uh, you know in the, in the next one two years but those are the key elements that i wanted to point out to, to build so-called ai modes again uh, the first one is uh, is about data modes understanding which kind of data you want to integrate what kind of data is important for uh, the business to actually make the AI much better and what actually data to discard and in that uh, matter we want to understand uh, the process of data integration uh, data curation so data integration what kind of data we want to uh, put into the AI to make it better data curation to actually clean the data to make it even better for the AI even though as I said you know the current AI paradigm is that this AI can actually process structured data but the problem is you can make it way more powerful if into this AI you plug uh, more structured data so you can help the AI further uh, get uh, you know um, boost its understanding of a discipline through uh, data curation pipeline and therefore through also fine-tuning and uh, in this case you can also build a sort of middle layer engines on top of existing AI foundational level uh, level um, engines and then another element is about uh, prompt engineering, as I explained. Another key element is going to be about network effects. And another element is about workflow and then brand distribution. And as last one, but uh, not least important, is going to be about capital deployment.